Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast, a children's version of the Touchline Media Group, because that's right, folks, it is youth tournament time. Uh, I'm your host, Asa, aka The Twig. Uh, I am not joined by my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, aka The Stump. He is at uh, the aforementioned pottery class. Um, we believe that at this point he will be uh, on to... Uh, throwing pots. Um, it, it's unclear what he actually does at this, uh, at these classes, but we miss him dearly. Um, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Wire decides to put in, Paramount Plus, and you know what? So overall, you're dead to me. You know, we did that little uh, back and forth. It was cute. Will they, won't they? You, 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 you didn't step up for us and you're dead to me forever. Um, we are joined uh, in this episode, uh, previewing the U20 World Cup, with uh I, I would say one of the, the better, if not if not necessary, follows of the USMNT world, uh Justin, uh who you can find at Kick Swish. Uh Justin, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you so much for having me on, Asa. I'm excited to chat about the roster and about these young players. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I do have to say as like sort of like a preliminary point, um as a podcast that focuses on the USMNT and also college football, um we always sort of flirt the line of criticizing children. Um, this more so than usual. Uh, everybody here, I think, except for like three is a teenager, mm-hmm. um, which is like not great, but guess what? We're going to do it anyways, because like college football, as long as you've graduated high school, we, uh, feel it's okay to bully you. Um, and, uh, with this, with this group, there's nothing to bully yet. So we're only going to be promoting, um, but yeah, so earlier today, um, I guess yesterday, by the time you're listening to this, um, we got an actual roster 
Um, one that included a couple of names that I was shocked at. Um, didn't include a couple of names that I was very hopeful for. Um, but otherwise, I, I, I mean, just b- b- before we get into sort of the nitty gritty, Justin, did you did you think this was a strong roster? I thought it was. Yeah, I think ultimately it is a strong roster. It's definitely not one where I come in going, I can't believe this player was omitted or what on earth is this player doing on the roster? There were none of those obvious head scratchers. The only real issues are the guys who weren't released by their clubs, right? A handful of those guys. And we have a much stronger squad, but ultimately with the limitations, I felt very good. Yeah. I mean, so, so obviously like the biggest name of those not released um, is Ricardo Pepe. Um, But there's a, there's a question of whether they would even call him because like, look, as much as like we in fan land would be like, hell yeah, he should play. Um, Like there's a not insignificant chance that he's, the starting nine at the nation's league finals and like asking him to play a whole tournament and then go up against Mexico in that semifinal. Like it's a lot. That's, that's, that's a lot for a, for a kid who has played every possible minute. It seems like for Gronigan in like, and not fun. I, I, I don't know. I don't watch a ton of Gronigan, but it doesn't look like a fun experience. It reminds me a lot of Josh Sargent at Bremen where it was just like, oh, this is terrible for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mikey said today in the uh, press conference, Mikey Varas said that they didn't even ask for Pepe. Yeah. They <laughs> recognized that he has graduated to the senior team. And, and that's exciting for Mikey as a coach. His goal is to get all these guys bumped up to the senior team. So they didn't even worry about trying to get him brought in for this one. Like you said, they were fo- more focused on him being maybe with Nations League and maybe a move this summer. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's returning to Augsburg from his loan. Um, although I, 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 a couple of months ago, it was like, there were like some, there was some chatter that he was like death before Augsburg again. Um, but Augsburg was then like, yeah, but we need 30 million for you because that's how much we paid. And like, it's sort of like, yeah, but that was your fault. You shouldn't have done that in the first place. Um, but I, 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 I think, Pepe is definitely like a Nations League guy. Like I wouldn't want him really for the Gold Cup because he needs to be wherever he's going to be um, for preseason purposes. But he's he's probably the biggest name not here. Um, there are I, I I'm going to talk about the Chicago pair in tandem later. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the other two sort of big names not here is um, you know Brendan Aronson's little brother Paxton who. Sort of, I, I I don't know about you, but I expected his Eintracht uh, move to be like a flop. Like I I just like was not expecting him to be in their lineups as quickly as he was. But like he's like part of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as- I wasn't I wasn't necessarily expecting him to break in so quickly. And when he first went to Frankfurt, I think my first thought was the Salzburg path worked so well for Brendan. Why don't you kind of start <laughs> with a league at that size, right? Where yeah. it's like you're competing in Austria or maybe Belgium or the Netherlands where it's not so high pressure. You don't, your competition for a place isn't quite so intense, but it's really been impressive to see him already become a role player. And Frankfurt's fans really seem to love him. I think it's really easy for fans to love an Aronson when they don't need that Aronson to be good. Like, and, and I'm not saying Paxton's not good. I'm not saying Brendan's not good, but like Leeds, when Leeds didn't need Brendan to be anything other than what Brendan is, they loved him. He was like everybody's favorite player. And then when it was like, 
oh, actually Bamford sucks Mm -hmm. and everybody else in the attack sucks. Then it was like all Brendan Aronson does is what Brendan Aronson does. Um, and Paxton is not the same player, obviously, but like it, it, it feels very similar in the sense that it's like, it's very easy to love Paxton Aronson when you don't need him to do anything. <laughs> yeah, they do all the little things, right? They have all the intangibles. And in Paxton's case, too, he's that shiny new toy mm-hmm. that Frankfurt just got. So there's always some appeal when you get a new signing that comes in and seems to have a spark. Yeah. Um, and he's, and look, he's a talented kid. He's way more tactical than Brendo is. Um, yeah. But, he, and he would be super helpful in this tournament, but like, you can't really be mad, right? Like, cause he's there, like he's, he's making the roster. So like, what, what are you going to do? Like, be like, no, don't be that good. <laughs> yeah. It's a good problem to have, right? France had 28 players. I saw that. Their call-ups were rejected. <laughs> so I think if we have five, we can live with that. It's a sign that hopefully our youth development is trending the right direction. You'd hope so. Um, although one of those one of those uh, French call ups was like a, a a semi starter for like a League Two relegation battle, and you were like, no, no, it wasn't a League Two. It was a uh, reserves relegation battle. And right. like at that point, like somebody has to have some perspective. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it was the same issue um, years ago. Schalke refused to release yep. Weston McKenney and Nick Tidegui, and they were playing for the U19s ridiculous ridiculous work all around um speaking of teams who should be getting relegated but because of the wonder of mls they don't let's talk about Jalen neal (laughs) (laughs) um another guy who uh prior to this year he was sort of a youth national team staple i don't think he had played an mls game prior to this year i know he had played maybe an open cup game or maybe like a yeah that's correct he actually made his usmnt debut before his mls debut which like tracks for galaxy and their deep deep hatred of their own youth players um but he's he's definitely the well maybe not the most talented but the best at this point um center back that we have in this age group and probably the only one who i can say confidently um is going to be a a senior level player Mm -hmm. um whether he's good or not i don't know whether he'll ever you know get to the level of like a you know, a Mark McKenzie, where it's like you're a fringe senior national team player. I, I'm not sure. But starting as a 19-year-old in a senior league, um, it's impressive. Like, I don't, I don't care who you are. That's a, that's an impressive thing. And Jalen Neal has always been um, good in those in that role. So we'll miss him. But, but another one where it's like, I'm not going to be mad because, you know, Galaxy need him. Like, actually need him. <laughs> Yeah. And they had an injury crisis that was part of the reason why they needed to hold on to him. I have a little bit more issue when it comes to like Brian Gutierrez. Yeah. Um, yeah but, but yeah, maybe Noel Buck too. It's not actually clear if, if Buck was released or, or if uh, Mikey just didn't call him up, but I think I understand with the galaxy, like they had a center back go down. They, they really need him. Yeah. And like, and, and I think like with, with, um with Buck, like you have an 05, right? Like he's, he's, he was born in 05. You need to be, have been born in 03 or later. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in 1990. This whole thing is terrible for me. Um, but, um, but for, for, for Buck, like I'm, I'm not going to get mad if someone who can be part of the next cycle is not, is not called up because of, you know, like, look, they have another shot at this probably, mm-hmm. um, you know, the 2020, what? 2025 U20 World Cup like great there's a couple of guys here who we're going to talk about who are eligible for that one too but like if they don't release that kid okay fine 
whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Um, Chicago should be ashamed of themselves. Um, just not, not only like the fire, just like the city itself. It's just <laughs> like, you know, I, you know, I was about to make like a pizza joke. I actually love Chicago style pizza. It's, it's incredibly good. Um, but not releasing Gutierrez and Brady. Uh, and I will say this, not releasing Brady makes sense to me because yeah. he wouldn't play. Right. Like I, I think that there's, there's, it's very clear that one of these goalies is going to get every game and it's not Brady. So like, you don't want to release him because he's just going to be sitting fine. Cool. Whatever. Um, But Gutierrez probably would have started. I, I don't see really a universe where he wouldn't have. Right. Oh yeah. No, I think he's a key player for this team in the attack, especially where you have, Cade Cowell is suspended for the first game. Oh, Kevin, right. Kevin Paredes is not going to join until after the group stage. We have almost no wingers. So Gutierrez, and I know he's truly an attacking mid, but he could absolutely deputize out wide and he could be a really key player for this group. Um, Are, are, are we going 3-5-2 to start? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what you'll see is most likely Caleb Wiley pushed up to left. Oh, left. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So, so let's start with, so, so that's sort of who's not here. Um, I guess the only other name that, no, I guess that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's the, the universe of who's not here. Um, you know, that's, I I actually do want to mention one more player who, um, I, he's not here because I think I maybe he he might not have been called up. We don't know. Um, but Kramashi, Am I am I pronouncing that? Yeah, Kram- I think it's Kramaski. Kramaski? Oh, I was way off. Um, uh, that one's very uncanny. <laughs> um, so he's a dual net with Argentina. Um, and it felt very comfortable that he was gonna play with us until um Southeast Asia got super anti-Semitic. Uh and it, this tournament moved to Argentina. Um and so I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's gonna end up playing for Argentina. I think he was a fringe-ish player for them. He's um, not on their roster. He did not. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I, I am really high on him. Um, but, uh, he's also an 05 and we'll see whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there was a little bit of back and forth between us and Argentina with him. Uh, Mikey Varas did invite him to a U20 camp that was actually combined training with the senior team. And this might've been a January, it might've been a, cup, a cupcake senior team. Yeah. But it was the same time when Kramaski got the Argentina U20 call up. And it's tricky because I want every player to choose the US every time, but I can't fault him. You know, Argentina it, just won the World they Cup. Literally just won the World Cup. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's a hard call to say no to. So and we'll see what happens this next cycle. And also like, if, you, if you're him, like you're, you're, you're looking at, okay, what's my path? Like, how do I get to the, the highest possible level? And it's like, okay, in, in America, you've got, okay, I need to beat out Weston McKinney and Luca Della Torre to have a chance at the 2030 World Cup, which is like what this group is probably like looking at. Like you're in your prime in 2030. Well, Weston McKinney's 28 then, right? 20 or, or 29. Like he's still like well within his normal playing career. Same with Yunus Musa. So it's not like, there's a path there. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Argentina, if I recall correctly, is like, has like a, an average age of like 32. Um, obviously being hyperbolic, like they're an older team and there's like a, a way to do it. Um, granted, it's a much, much more talented football playing country. 
Um, so I don't fault the kid. I'm not mad at him. If he doesn't show up for the U twenties in, uh, 2025, then like, okay, it's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I doubt we'll see, you know, he is a very high ceiling prospect, but I think, um, part of the rumblings from Argentina's youth setup is that they cast a really wide net. So him being in camp is not, he's one of their top 25 U 20 players. Um, again, being a 2005, that would be incredible. Yeah, um, incredible achievement. But but they do cast a wide net. They bring in a lot of these guys and try to take a look just to see, make sure they're not, they're not missing anyone, which is the right approach to operating yeah. a national team, right? You want to cast a wide net. You want to see everybody, see who can help you, all these things. Um, but I'm, it's a, it's at this point I I, I want to uh, pour out a drink for Oten, Otisawi. Um, <laughs> we miss you so much. <laughs> I just I just want to like so. I'm sure you know this, Justin. Um, we are big fans of Owen Otisawi on this podcast. Um, I maintain that if uh, if he had lived up to his potential, he would have been the best American soccer player of all time. Um, unfortunately, modeling and crypto are are very um, difficult beasts to... Yeah. What, <laughs> what an alluring prospect and player. You know, he got that at least one start, maybe two or three starts at the beginning. Three starts. Of- yeah, three uh, starts for Wolves. And he looked like one Good. of the, like French national team center backs, you know, he's like an, an amazing athlete, um, like so calm on the ball, just like toying with pressing attackers, you know, it's all there, but the, the desire to play soccer is not there. No, dude, dude could not, could not give less of a shit about the game of soccer. Um, but okay. So, so that's sort of who's not here, but um, let's talk a little bit about who is here. Can I throw out um, one other name that's not here? Yeah. I think it's interesting to see Caden Clark not on the roster. Oh, good call. You know, I don't think he was held back by Leipzig. That would not make sense. He's not no. really a part of their first team at all right now. Um, and he was a big part of the CONCACAF U20 championship. Um, it could just be that since he's not been playing, he's fallen down the pecking order, but he's a guy that really surprised me. So, yes. So that's actually that's actually a good point. Um, Caden Clark... Wow, like what a what a weird career he's had before the age of 19. Like he like burst onto the scene with uh with New York Red Bulls, um Red Bull New York. Um like had like one of the more impressive debut goals I've ever seen. Um gets his like super high profile move to Leipzig. Um after he gets that super high profile move, he starts to starts to like be sort of average. Mm-hmm. in MLS and then he goes over there and, and they don't get him alone and he's just like sort of I don't know hanging out <laughs> um yeah. I, I, he had some sort of medical issue after his Leipzig move while he was still in New York right I think he had a yeah. like that and his MLS season really dropped off um and it it really doesn't feel like he's ever quite achieved back to that initial level I'm not, yeah, I'm not, yeah. we'll see. He's a talented player. He was really good at the U20 championship. So I, I still have um, stock. I still have some Caden Clark stock, but. I, I wouldn't cash it in quite yet, but it's, it's, as they say, uh, it's getting late early for Caden Clark. <laughs> um, so of the players who are here, um, I think, I, I, I guess before we get into it, like who, who do you think at, at some point they, they made a decision about Caden Clark, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, you know, someone is coming over him. And I, I don't know who that is. I mean, is that, is that Owen Wolf? Is that Diego Luna? Um, because 
it's very clear that there's an imbalance between the midfielders and and the wingers here, especially given that Paredes is not coming, not showing up until uh, knockouts. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder what the argument was because Clark did play as as uh, as an attacker for this season. Yeah. yeah, so I think the two midfield changes from the Concacaf U20s to now is Clark out, Alejandro Alvarado out, and then you add in um, Owen Wolf and Obed Vargas. So and Vargas was always supposed to be part of it. Of course, um, yeah. He d- I don't remember why he couldn't make it, but he was unavailable. So. He was, I, if I recall correctly, he was playing in, in like CONCACAF Champions League games or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, or maybe he was hurt. It, there was something about it, but he was he was always part of the setup. Mm-hmm. Um, but Caden Clark out and Owen Wolf in, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. I liked Alvarado a lot. I wouldn't be shocked if, I mean, I, I'm, I'm shocked that he's not here, but he's, he's getting in for Vizela. Um, so I wonder, I wonder if there was some stuff there. Oh, you know, Alvarado was getting minutes for Vizela's first team in the fall, but that has not been happening this spring. He's been playing with their reserves, um, which I don't, for me, I don't know if that's enough to downgrade him completely off the roster because he was fantastic. He was great. He was one of our best players in CONCACAF U20s. Yeah, Um, absolutely. He was, he was, he was someone who I, why I was considering as like, do we need to start thinking about him for a senior level call up? Like that's how well he, I thought he was playing. Um, So I don't know. I I don't know what happened there. Maybe, maybe they didn't let him out. Maybe they have a a youth reserves relegation battle. That's super important. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't really know what's going on with Vizela. Yeah. That eight position is probably the most crowded with this group though. You know, you have, um, yeah, you have Buck who we talked about, McGlynn, Alvarado, Shakiris. We already talked about Kramaski. Um, Rokas Pukstas could be an eight or a 10, depending on how you see it. And then even Brooklyn Reigns, another Oh five, like there's, there's really a lot of ways you could go. I think Wolf, McGlynn, Shakiris, Alvarado, those guys all have strong cases and they weren't all going to make it most likely. Right. Um, and I, and, and I, I think McGlynn and, and Shakiris are, are, are the two who I, I absolutely had in pen. Um, but I would have had Alvarado on pen. So that's me. Yeah. Um, so, so let's go through uh, the roster. Let's, let's, let's um, knock out the, uh, the keepers uh, to start. Um, the headliner is obviously Gaga, um, Gabriel Salonina. Um, the other two are, uh, is it Alex Porto? Yes. Alex Porto. Alex Porto and uh, either Nico or Antonio Carrera. I, I honestly, I, I can't keep them straight. I don't <laughs> that's know Antonio. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> Um, one of the Carreras, um, Carreras, but, right. Uh, new Carrera. <laughs> um, but Gaga's the guy. Um, and I think they gave him the number one shirt. He is, um, you know, the keeper of the future in this, in this, uh, organization such as it is. Um, but also I think the thing is with him is that this is a great opportunity for him. He wasn't, he never played in, in qualifying because he was ironically too important for Chicago. Um, but I think that it, I'll be shocked if, if he comes off the field, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but of the other two, and, and I, I think like the thing is about Slonina, he's the best we've got. He's a good shot stopper. He was an MLS game in game out starting keeper. Um, he, he is probably too good for this level. Um, but he's here and he's, he's someone who, um, very soon will take Sean Johnson's shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's probably my number three 
goalie for the USMNT right now. Um, I think I'd, yeah. I think I'd put him above Johnson and maybe above Stefan. I feel like Stefan is just not reliable. So he's, he's right up there right now. And he's looked really sharp in what I've seen with the Chelsea U21s. That transfer move and the timing really seemed to be perfect for him coming here to this World Cup because you kind of hoped he'd get a loan maybe to the championship or a loan to a lower, a lower league that's still above the U21 Premier League. Um, <laughs> hopefully that happens this summer, but the one upshot of him being stuck with the U21s is here we go. We the- um, but yeah, I, I would assume that as, as soon as, as soon as he leaves the U20s, um, Chelsea, that wonderfully run, very coherent organization will, will find a place for, for him to hang out in, you know, London, but not Premier League London. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe League One London. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's a big gamble when these guys go to super clubs. You're really betting on yourself because he is a good player. There's no doubt about that in my mind. But when you think about the players that Chelsea is thinking about and focused on, um, there's, you know, there's probably at least 30 guys on that list above him, not just their current players, but also transfer targets, you know, of all the moving parts and pieces, like getting him alone is on their list, but it's a long, very, very low on the list. And it's like, like you start thinking to yourself, like, do 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 the people at Chelsea pay closer attention to Gaga Slonina or Emmy Martinez? Because maybe down the road they'll sign Emmy Martinez. Or someone 15 years younger than Emmy Martinez right. who started at, like in Syria is performing well, you know. So. <laughs> um some someone named Gianluigi was born two years ago, and everybody at Chelsea is like, that's the one, that's the next one. It's gonna be him. It's in the stars. Uh, so of the of the other two. Um, Carrera and Borto. Um, Borto is, I think uh, he's a youth, a youth keeper for Fulham. Correct. And Carrera is, I guess we don't really call it that, but a youth keeper for Dallas. Yeah. I think um, he's playing with North, North Texas X, SC in MLS next round. Right. Um, and we can talk about the wonder, wonder that is MLS next pro another time on uh, and how great it is and how it, that was not at all a short-sighted decision by people in charge, but MLS Perfect never system. does that. Perfect. No, no notes. Way to go. Um, but do you think if, if something were to happen to Gaga, do you think it's Borto? That's it. You know, I'm, for me, it's like a coin flip between the two of them. Um, I think Borto looked good in his U20 games in the fall and I have not watched him at Fulham. Um, Carrera looked good in CONCACAF U20s. Um, yeah, I have no idea who, um, yeah, I, I think Carrera, I was just watching a clip actually of um, Fakranis and Chris Brady getting interviewed from a different U20 camp. And they they were showing this like trash talk that Carrera was doing with, with penalties, like psyching a guy out and then saving his penalty. Uh, this is all in like in training. Um, uh, it's, all in for that. With, with that in my brain, I'm like, is he a penalty specialist? But that's just me watching that clip. So ignore it. Uh, I think that um, if I've learned anything from the Mighty Ducks, uh, you absolutely can bring in uh, a hot goal or a, a cold goalie for or, uh, for penalties. So yeah, he's like a member of the Goon Squad, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you you know, Julie the Cat Gaffney uh, Carrera. Um, so, but but I think I think ultimately um, it's Gaga's show, um, yeah. and he's he's going to be you know sort of the the way we get there. Um, and if Gaga ultimately is, is better than we think he is, and maybe, maybe he gets a, a, a loan to Serie A. And if you want to watch Serie A, you can watch it on Paramount Plus. Hey, everybody. Uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. UF. <laughs> God damn 
damn it. <laughs> Do it again. No, just keep going. Just keep going. UEFA Champions League Soccer is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, you'll note not Arsenal, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no, against Liverpool, no, Man City, yeah, probably, Chelsea, no, PSG, come on, Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us, and more, Bayern, in soccer's biggest (laughs) club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, We'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on on Paramount+, Plus, but (laughs) they're not going to advertise for that. Golazzo. I, I swear I'm getting worse at these things, but I, I, I don't even care. Um, let's talk about uh, center backs. Um, I guess let's let's start with the left-sided center backs because I want to talk about uh, a kid who I, I, I guess is going to Benfica. I, I, I've not seen that announced anywhere, but it's been taken as sort of accepted for what feels like months. Um, Josh, Josh Winder. Like if it doesn't happen now, it'll be super awkward. Yeah, like everybody's going to be feel real weird about it. Um, but uh, Josh Winder is something that like we don't have. Like we don't have an athletic left-footed center back um, in in America. It seems um, outside of Austin Trusty, apparently. But like, I think that he's probably the player here um, amongst those who are not established, who I'm most excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's a lot to be said for for Obed Vargas or Darren Yappi, but um, but Winder is the one who like I can see like oh him and Neil are going to be the center backs in 2026 and beyond, and like that doesn't seem crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or 2028, right? Like the 2028 Copa uh, America or whatever. Um, like you can see him making that sort of quick jump as a 23 year old, being like, okay, this is my job for for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and then he's uh, backed up by everybody's favorite um, Philadelphia Union um, center back of the future. I understand Brendan Craig is 19. I understand that. He has, he feels 25 to me. Like he has been around forever and he feels 25. Well, he was getting a lot of hype when he was like 15 or 16, right? right. He was training with Liverpool. He was one of those names that you hear when there's not even a youth national team for his age group yet. And you're just like, this name is at Liverpool. Like, so he's been on our radars for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I'm not sure he starts. I, I don't, I don't think that he's a starting, a starting center back here. Um, yeah. I, I think it depends what they do with Justin Che. And I think the fact that they brought for Kronos means, so they have four center backs. If you include Shea, I, I feel like they're going to push Shea out to the right side. Um, and split time with Cuevas over there. And then it's really a toss-up. Because I think, you know, Craig is left-footed. He and Winder are both left-footed. But I think Craig also is comfortable enough. He could go over to that right side. Um, 
And I don't see Fakrana starting um, with the, at least not with the A group, like the A team. So, yeah. it, which I'd love to see Jay pulled back central. Um, like, yeah, I can get more into that in a bit. But yeah, I could see this, I could see this group going, going either way with the center backs. So I'll, I'll say this is that I think that like the way that they have told us that this team is set up is not correct. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's burrowed into my brain since you mentioned it, but I think that Caleb Wiley is a left winger on this team. Hmm. Um, and I think that Shay is a, is, I think that there are three fullbacks and I think mm-hmm. Cuevas is the swing fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shay can obviously play right back or center back. Um, I would love, I would love a wrinkle where they have Che as a stay at home right back. And you know, you have a three man platform instead of the normal two man platform. Like, I think there's a lot of interesting and neat things that they can do with Che. Um, who's another player that like, I think six months ago, you would have said he's way too, he he won't be available or, or 18 mm-hmm. months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sort of like, I don't want to say a 19 year old has flamed out, um, but his, his momentum has stalled a little bit at Hoffenheim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, so, it's so interesting with these guys, like, put him in the same category with Slonina where they're doing really well in MLS. They're catching eyeballs with their performances in MLS at a very young age. And then they make a move to a top league. And I think more and more, you know, there are the, the Pulisics and the Gio Reynas who go to Dortmund and become starters at Dortmund and the rest is history. And Joe Scally for some reason. <laughs> well, and I, you know, I use Gio for that example and he, he can't get a start right now either, but no. um, I feel like for these guys, unless you are of that level, I'm becoming so much more a fan of going to like the Michelin or the like Westerlo. Yeah. Yeah. These, these mid tier clubs, because that way you're, you're still going to get scouted, you know, if you perform well um, and you, you have this upward mobility, whereas when you hit a, a ceiling, like at Chelsea or at Hoffenheim, it's, it's kind of an awkward situation for these guys. And you end up sometimes playing very low level football while you're waiting a low, low level soccer. Right. Um, but I, I think that with Che, um, you know, he's 19. I, I don't think he knows what his best position is. I don't know, think that we know what his best position is. But if we're in a situation where we've got, you know, a kid who's a, a center back, 19, and center backs, it takes them a very long time to develop. Like, that's why Jalen Neal's weird. Um, like, center backs, like, you don't have to start giving up on center backs at the same age that you do with, you know, strikers or wingers. Mm-hmm. Um, so Che, like, I'm, I'm not, I have no problem letting him cook a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, Cuevas, uh, I want to talk about Cuevas for just for a second. Cuevas was, uh, in, in qualifying and in, in, in the U20 championships. Um, he seemed like the most adult person uh, among like the defense, like much more than everybody. Like it, it felt like everybody looked to him mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's like vibesy. Um, but it felt like he was like very much in control of the back line and maybe the team itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Cade Cowell is obviously like the person who appears to have the largest voice. Um, and when he decides he wants to get into a fight, he does. Um, but, but Cuevas seemed like, I, I, if not captain in reality, captain in, or if not captain in name, captain in reality. Um, so like, I wouldn't mind having Che as a center back and Cuevas as a starting right back just for the, you know, I, I hate to use this phrase for the 20 year old, but like having an adult, Mm -hmm. um, I thought you were going to say just for the vibes. Yeah. Also vibes. (laughs) 
Um, so left back, I, I guess we can talk about Caleb Wiley here, but I, I really feel like he's a winger in this setup. Um, and let's talk about like how how much we all need to like remember that 18 is 18. Um, mm-hmm. Jonathan Gomez, he's good. It's okay. He's not a starter in La Liga as an 18-year-old. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be upset at him about it. Yeah. And both these guys, you know, you're talking about leaving three guys back or using Justin Shea as a stay-at-home right back. That would that would really fit nicely because Wiley and Jogo both just want to run. They want to just get up the field. It's it's I I think like it makes sense, especially as we as we seem to be playing with more of an attacking mid uh, in the Hudson era. Um, and I don't know if Varus is going to use the four three three or or the four two three one. Um, but if we are going to play with more of a ten, like you need someone to chill back. <laughs> And it's not going to be Caleb Wiley. I promise you. He is not going to be positionally disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. And like, both these guys, they're like, their technical ability, they're happy in those tight spaces. You know, if they are one of those guys that's in like the half space or just all the way up wide, but they're part of those intricate passing combinations and those things that try to, that we try to have happen in the final third, they're happy doing that. You know, um, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different from like your, your Anthony Robinson at the full national team level or he just wants to run and kind of gallop and send in the cross. Right. Um, I will say this about Caleb Wiley. Um, he, he's very quickly becoming my favorite player on this team um, because of the shit talking to Chicago for no reason out of nowhere. I think that's super funny and I am very much in support of it. Um, dear listener, if, if you're not aware of this, uh, he had an interview earlier this week, right? And it was uh, time is meaningless to me, but like earlier this week, we was just like, I can't imagine why someone wouldn't release their players to this once in a lifetime experience. It seems super shitty and, and selfish. And I would never play for a club like that. Like two days after Chicago said they weren't going to release their players. Mm-hmm. Um, so Caleb, we love you. Uh, big fan. Big fan. <laughs> um, so assuming we go 4-2-3-1, um, or rather assuming we go 4-3-3, um, the lone six such as it is throughout much of the championship was uh daniel edelman um who is a regular player in new york Pause while um, google his minutes yeah like i it's it's he's one of those guys who like i like every now and then i'll like look up and be like oh he didn't play or he played 90 minutes or whatever um I, I think he's, he's, yeah. I mean, looking we're we're Googling this as, as, as we, uh, as we go on, on, uh, on, um, on air, but yeah, he's, he's gotten a couple of nineties, uh, you know, in a row there. Um, I he's think I, more than he's not. Yeah. Um, he's, he's the type of player who has, has, was really like important in a lot of those championship games. Although I, I always thought felt that the uh, mixture of Edelman and McGlynn, who we'll talk about was like very bad. I was never comfortable when both of them were on the field because both of them are, how do I put this? Athletically challenged. <laughs> like Edel- Edelman is uh, 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 Jackson Ewell-esque for better or worse. Um, I like him. Uh, he was, he's, he's a guy, I'm happy to have him here. Right. Like, like, it's not like I'm upset that he's here. Um, but I also think that there's a guy who's three years younger than him. Who's probably going to play it a bit more. Yeah. Um, 
in 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 Obed Vargas, uh, who is um, came in and started like Concacaf Champions League finals as a as a sixteen year old or fifteen year old or however old he was. Um, and he's he's someone I'm I'm super excited about. You have him listed here as a as a defensive mid. Um, is that where you think his best role is, or just where they'll deploy him here? Oh, these midfield positions are so fluid. I can I see Obed as a six, as an eight in a double pivot. I, I listed him there because I want him to start. Um, I think he is just, he gives more to our midfield than Edelman does. Mm-hmm. And Edelman's a good player too. I think that, you know, he comes from that Red Bull style where he does want to destroy and tackle and kind of create opportunities and space for his teammates. So it's good to have a guy like that with this team because we have a lot of 10 style guys, like, the creative playmakers and you get too many of those guys and it starts to be a little bit of a mess defensively and everyone's in each other's way. So mm-hmm. there's value in Edelman's role, but I just love what Obed brings to the game, his passing, his movement, um, the tempo, all those things. So we need, we need to get him on the field. And I feel like if there's a six or if there's a double pivot, stick him there. And um, now, now Mikey Varas said Edelman's the, the team captain. So he's going to start. He's going to start. So It'll be interesting. Actually, you know, that actually brings an interesting idea. So if, if, if Edelman's starting, who do you start alongside him? Right? Like, do you, do you start Obed and McGlynn? And, and you just sort of like, you hope that Jack McGlynn's ability to put in three ridiculous passes a game that come out of nowhere, like makes up for the lack of what you would consider like a classic creative 10. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or do you, do you, do you go with uh, a Luna? who, you know, is a chaos merchant, which mm-hmm. I love, but Diego, like Diego Luna is a chaos merchant, um, which, which I enjoy, but it's not like something you can really rely on game in game out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, if Edelman is starting in the midfield, I'd want to put Obed Vargas and Owen Wolf with him. And maybe that's too defensive. Um, Cause Wolf is an eight. Obed is a six or an eight. So if you want to throw Nico Shakiris instead of Obed and do Shakiris and Wolf as dual eights ahead of Edelman. I'm fine with that too. I've been so impressed with all three of those guys, their ability to receive the ball on the half turn, find a teammate's feet um, that, you know, just pass and move that the, the movement after they release the ball to immediately find a pocket of space for the next pass. Like those things are so nice and we're going to need it against some of the better teams in the world if we're going to advance through the tournament. So um and, you know, as we talk about these things, the way this team starts match one will not be the way they are in their first knockout game. Like, right. they're going to learn things through those three group stage games. Um, for those of you who care about numbers as predictive, um, uh, it, it probably should be noted here that Daniel Edelman is wearing number six. Um, he's not wearing 16. Um, mm. I'm, I'm a big believer in numerology. Gaga's the got number one. Um, that feels meaningful to me. Um, Caleb Wiley is wearing number three. Winder is wearing number four. Um, you know, these, these, uh, these squad numbers are very important. Um, Does and... he have the nine? Nope. Yep. He has 19. Cowell has nine. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which, which would be lovely for my theory of Cade Cowell, which is um, what if you put the super fast dude up top <laughs> and you just like, to use a, an American football analogy, what if you just threw go routes to him like five times a game? Like, look, everybody wants to, and this is like sort of like a larger thing. Like everybody loves the idea of possession, beautiful game, you know, string together 15 passes before getting like a, a tap in. 
Everybody loves that. You know what's really fun sometimes? Watching fast people be fast. And watching center backs freak out because Cade Cowell is so much faster and stronger than they are. Um, And the best teams do both, right? Like the ability to do both is great. And Erling Holland doesn't make Man City worse. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's like the question with Cowell, I feel like if you put him in the nine, is it we can no longer play the ball into the feet of our nine because he can't hold up. He cannot, but, no. But if you if you are going to send that ball over the top, he's going to be making life hard for the center backs. He's going to be dragging them all over the place with his running. And that can create um, some chaotic defending, hopefully, that maybe some of the other players could capitalize on. So, like, I think, I think especially if you're going to do a dual pivot with a 10 up top, like, I, I hate to get, like, super old school here, but, like, Having a super fast dude and a super creative dude uh, is a fairly time-honored tradition in soccer. Like, I, I know that we're going to call one of them a 10 and we're going to call this a 4-2-3-1 instead of what it is, a 4-4-2. But, like, maybe you play both Yappy and and Cal together. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it, just just to, to sort of finish off with the with the midfielders, um, Hookstas is coming for knockouts. Um, I don't like, I like him. I think he's very good based on what we've seen. Um, I, I don't know that he's like a a Paredes who's like, he comes for knockouts and starts Mm -hmm. immediately because he's here. Like Mm -hmm. Paredes is, is much better than everybody else here. Like, I, I don't think it's particularly close even. Um, but Buxas, like, I'm not, I'm not that much more excited about him than I am about Securus or Vargas or Wolf, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, those three guys you just named, I'm really, I'm just really stoked about all three of those guys. Yeah, and I, I've been able to watch more of them than I've been able to watch Puxas, um, who it's impossible to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the Croatian streams are not strong, um, but and he's, you know, the fact that he's already locked down a starting job for what seems to be a good club there at AJ yeah. you know, that speaks well. You know, he's not a bad player. He looked pretty good in the U- UEFA Youth League um, semifinal and. And so that was, that was pretty cool to see him doing that, but um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know where to place him with this group. You know, he's really good in the air, which is not so he's so give him like the Weston McKinney scores on headers as a center midfielder, but I'm not I, sure. I mean, that's worth, that's worth something, but like, I, yeah, I, I I'm excited to have him. It's better to have him than not to have him. Um, but like, I don't know that he moves the needle necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so not the way Paredes does. Right. Right. <laughs> Which which brings us to to the to the attackers. Um, Kevin Paredes is very very good. He is he is how is he? He's twenty, um, and he is like a top fourteen player for Wolfsburg. He comes. It seems like he comes off the bench every game. Like I'm I'm not saying like he's a, he's benched every game. Like he's a he, he gets a substitution most games. It seems like, mm-hmm. um, and that's like not nothing. <laughs> You know, I mean, like that's like in comparison to everyone else in this in this roster, right? Right. I mean, he's he is he is someone who is absolutely a game changer at this type of tournament. Um, and when he comes, he he makes a difference. Um, we talked about Cade Cowell a little bit, but like Cowell is also a, a difference maker just because at the senior level you see his limitations because adults can handle him. Um, but kids sort of can't. And like you saw it at, at the CONCACAF championships, we didn't play as well when he was around, but like there were moments where it was like, 
this dude is athletically and physically so much further along than the people who are trying to stay in front of him that it's it's not fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is going to depend on what child is playing right back or left back, <laughs> the other team, right? Like, if they have a, like, physically mature, experienced fullback, then it's like, oh, maybe Cowell's not this X factor. But if that's not the case, you know, he's he's breaking the game open for us, maybe. Right. Like, like there will be a game where we have a child right? Like, like the other team does not have an option at one of their fullbacks that can mm-hmm. hold up and like target winger, whatever, just kick it as lo- as hard as you can out to him and let him go do something because, you know, he, he does have that ability to, you know, when he's playing out left, you know, wide to the left, like he does have that ability to get to his right foot and be fast. Um, and like, there are worse options. Um, Quinn Sullivan is the other winger. We haven't mentioned him because I don't know. He's he's not bad. He's just like sort of there to me. Yeah, you know, he scored some goals in the U20 in the CONCACAF tournament. And I think he's the one who would be the next nine or the other nine. I guess Cowell obviously can play centrally as well. And Yappy is the nine. Like he's that's all he does. Right. Um, but I could Sullivan, I think he's done that false nine role before. Um, and he can, he's going to be more of like, we have another attacking midfielder on the field now. That kind right. of stuff. And, and like, I think, I think with him, it's, it's a situation where you, you play Sullivan with the understanding that you're going to, you're going to play in that like sort of half space role. Right. Um, and you, you're going to have an overlapping, uh, Cuevas, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't hate that. I think, I think that that works with our sort of like, like the, the Berhaltery in, system that we've we've been hanging out in for four years um mm-hmm. where you have that overlapping right back and the inverted wingers um that's fine that works um and i think sullivan's good at it i think it's a waste of both cowell and paredes mm. um so i think like it's it's making sure that you put sullivan in the right spot uh yappy is someone i'm super super stoked to see um i will admit that as a testament to my my personal self-care and well-being i don't watch colorado um <laughs> I just don't, I just don't do it. I, I, you know, I, I, everybody has decisions to make in their lives and I have decided that I'm not going to watch rapid soccer. Um, But how do you feel about Yappy? Yeah, I'm excited he's here and not because I think he's this blue chip nine who's going to jump up into the national team conversation, but just because this group hasn't had a nine almost the entire cycle, you know. Because of the aforementioned nine who is not here. Yes. Yeah. I mean, early on, we were trying out like Malik Sanogo at the nine. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, you know, these guys I'm mentioning, it's not to say that they're like cast offs, their future is, there's no future. You know, these guys could still have very, very good careers ahead of them. Sanogo could still make it in the Bundesliga. We don't know, but it'll just be different to see this team with a guy who plays like a traditional nine, where he's going to make those runs into the box. He is a big target. He's long and lanky. Um, he, he really rifles his shots. Um, and he does have some ability to, to drop in and receive the ball and, um, and to cook, right. To, to mix it up and lay it off to his teammates. So, um, with a lot of these guys, it's about consistency. He's had some good, some good performances in MLS, but, um, yeah, I'm just excited that we have so many creators here that when they do all this creating and they finish their dance and they send the ball into the box, there's going to be someone in the box whose job is to score. And, and Yappy, like you said, he's, he's not a small body. Like he's, I think he's six, one, six, two. Mm-hmm. Um, like he can go up and get it in a way that, you know, 
during championships, we didn't have that, right? Like we, yeah. we were alternating Sullivan, Clark, um, you know, I, there was someone else who was, who was also playing as that like, all time. Yeah. yeah Aronson. Um, and like those three, it was fun to watch them because they sort of interchanged really nicely. Um, but none of them was, was a, you know, go up and get it nine. And I think mm-hmm. Yappy can be that for this team. Yeah. Um, and at certain points, like at certain points in certain games, the best option you have is go up the, the sideline and pump it across and pray. And like, it's better to have a Darren Yappy there than a Paxton Aronson mm-hmm. um, as much Sullivan. as, or yeah. Quinn Sullivan. Right. Um, so that's, that's sort of, uh, so that's, that's the, the, uh, what is it? 21. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you've, you've been around sort of the, the, the U S men's national team setup, such as it is, um, you know, aware of it for, for a while, I think, um, who do you think of this group? Um, com- how do you think they compare to the, I guess the, the 2019s, right. Mm-hmm. Um, which would have been like the, that, that, that group is the, uh, what is that Josh? No, Josh Sargent was the 17s, right. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Sargent was not released for that 2019 world um, U20 world cup. Because so that was, he was uh, go to the gold cup and then he wasn't brought to the gold cup. <laughs> right. Right. So that was uh Sebastian Soto and friends. Yes. Yes. Um, and when, uh, yeah. Dest Richards. I, that, that 2019 team I thought was really special. Um, and not because all 11 of their best players were going to be these amazing national team players, but because the top end, you know, Wea, Des, Richards, um, Ledesma and Pomacal were also playing at really high levels. Mendez looked really good mm-hmm. in that tournament. So Uli Lina, yeah, Yanez, Linas. Yeah, Ulianas, yeah. Yeah, he was he was special. Conrad De La Fuente. I don't actually Conrad had not not an amazing tournament. I'm gonna remove his name from the praise. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, like that team sparked a ton of excitement. Um it, man, it's so hard to know. I was just gonna like ask you what which of these guys you see making it as national team players. Cause I went back and looked at like 2015, 17, 19. There's really like three or four guys from each group that are part of the national team. You know, like we have Wea, Dest, Mackenzie, and Richards, essentially, from that 2019 mm-hmm. team. And, and similar, you know, Sergeant Adams, Luca, CCV from 2017. So it's because I want to grab more than four. And maybe, maybe our talent pool is just getting better where you can be that good and then not be USMNT caliber, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're just getting stronger as a national team. Hopefully that's the case. But so, there's like six or seven guys I would I want to say, yeah, I can see them, I can see them making it. So I th- I think already um you can look at at Gaga as as someone who who I feel very comfortable will be a contributor at the senior senior level. Mm-hmm. Um and then so I'm I'm gonna say five, right? Like I, I think like we we we're we're gonna we're gonna limit ourselves to what history tells us is is the reality. Mm-hmm. Um and of this group, I think that um Gaga's one. So I've got, I've got four left. Um, I think, I think Wiley, mm-hmm. um, is, is someone who, who, who will get there, um, especially left-footed, you know, very talented, um, Winder, like I said, is, is someone who I'm, I really believe in. Um, <clears throat> and, and this is going to actually like sort of bug me a little bit because at this point in his, in his career, I actually don't love watching him, but I think, I think Quinn Sullivan is someone who will get there. And I don't know why, but there's something about him to me that 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 is very appealing. And then um Obed Vargas, I, I mm-hmm. think, I think 
Vargas is is a special talent. Um, mm-hmm. But what's weird about that is that I'm leaving out Justin Che. I'm leaving out Jogo. I'm leaving out Securis. I'm leaving out Howell, who's already played minutes for the senior national team. Yeah, um, you took Ben Sullivan over for it. <laughs> so, so I'm going to tell you why. And this is this is a very uh, very weird sentiment that with Paredes, um, I think Paredes is going to end up as one of those players who just like is very good and never gets the next gear. Mm. And I think that as, especially given his age, who's in front of him, I think that it will be incredibly hard for wingers to break in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that Sullivan is someone who I can see putting on 20 pounds and playing more centrally. And I Mm -hmm. don't see Paredes doing that. And that's sort of why I, what I'm, what I'm looking at, but what about you? What, who are your five? Oh, I'm going to grab like seven. So I, I took Lanina <laughs> for sure. Um, I'll take Wiley as well. He's, I mean, Wiley might already be our second best natural left back. Um, yeah. I mean, like, like you go through it and you're like, are you, are you that much? Are you upset if they go with Wiley above Sam Vines? Oh no. Yeah. I mean, I'd be excited. Yeah. yeah. And George said, Bellow. Yeah. And I specified natural left back because Dest can go left. Scally can go yeah, left. Sure. Tim Weah could be a left back now. I, like, I would really love that. <laughs> it, it does get a little bit complicated, but I think Wiley has all the potential in the world. So I'll go Gaga, Wiley, Paredes. Um, and then I want to say all three of Obed Vargas, Owen Wolf, and Nico Shakiris. And it's not probably going to be all three. Um, but I'd two probably, out of three. Let's say two yeah, out of three. I'd say Wolf and Obed right now. I just haven't seen Shakiris this season because he's been injured this season. Yeah. But um, I'm excited about those midfielders. And, you know, our midfield depth is not what our winger depth is. You know, your point about Paredes is well taken because we have like six or seven guys who are, could be very capable wingers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is it is tougher to break in there. Um, and the midfield's not as much that way. You know, we have Weston, Eunice, Luca. Who's our next best eight? I, I I think that there's a a contingent that would tell you Paxton Pomacall. <laughs> Helen Acosta, I guess. I mean, consult the depth chart. Yeah. Like Tim Tillman. Yeah, like and then yeah. I guess you, you play Malik Tillman as an eight, right? Or you play Gio Reyna as an eight. Basically. Or you or you play Aronson as an eight, which we've seen. Like you don't, you don't do that. <laughs> never again. Um Zendejas, sure. Um, yeah, like it's, it's just like the fourth eight is something that we have been talking about in some fashion for five years since six years. Mm -hmm. Um, like we, we, we found Luca, which is nice. And, and Musa came in as to be, to sort of like solidify it. But like, we've been looking for another dude to play in the middle of the field, um, for a really long time, not to mention the the backup six thing, but I'm, I'm as much as I would love Vargas to be that backup six of the future. Um, I'm, I'm going to be one of those like super, super sickos to be like, no, no, the six of the future is actually 17 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pedro Soma is the future and the truth. And he will, he will pr- take us to the promised land, but that's, no, that's yeah, for exciting. He's an exciting prospect. Um, so I, I think that that's sort of a, sort of where we are I've, i i have a a uh you know a limit on the amount that i can talk about uh teenagers before people start knocking on my door so um <laughs> justin uh they, they can find you on twitter at kick swish um yeah. where else where else can the uh, the people find you oh i do have some writing at stars and stripes fc but that's basically it 
And I always love to plug, I have a spreadsheet. Let me see how many videos are in it right now. Um, right now it has 4,413 unique USMNT player videos. So I like every, everything I see on Twitter, I like enter in a spreadsheet and you can, ch- you can track it by player, by um, position. You can look through the depth chart and see like what's happening most recently uh, with different players. So I've been putting a lot of work into that. So I, I, Anybody check that out, see if uh, see if it's helpful, see if it's useful. It, it is it is absolutely helpful and absolutely useful. So if you're if you're listening, you, you're gonna want to go check that out. Um it's, a, it's in my pinned tweet on Twitter. <laughs> um the uh the Stars and Strikes uh FC, I, I will tell you this. Um when I was uh first first like a, a, first like really committing to getting into soccer, um it was uh a part of my like SB Nation thing like i would i would go to uh every day should be saturday um which is the shutdown full cast folks um and then i would go to the only colors which is the michigan state one and then i would go to stars and stripes fc uh none of this was happening while i was working i promise you um but uh but yeah so uh make sure to follow justin um you can follow me uh or any of us at tls tds um i have a personal account it's diamonds esquire i never tweet from it it's not that interesting um, we are going to get our Instagram up and running just as soon as we figure out who our fourth eight is. So, you know, soon, um, special thank you to our sponsors, Smith workforce management group, whoever blue Air decides to put in paramount plus, um, please, uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your, uh, local soccer fan to like subscribe and share. And obviously dear listener, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Podcast Network.